Hello, this is Father Reed Henseling at All Saints Episcopal Church, and we are in the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. The ninth Sunday after Pentecost. That is proper 13. For those of you that are looking at the Book of Common Prayer, we are in year two. In the daily lectionary, there are two years, year one, year two. And believe it or not, the way that's figured out is a formula, a mathematical formula. No need to explain it here. Just suffice to say, we're in year two. And of course, there's a ninth Sunday after Pentecost in year one, just this different set of scriptures. And we'll be looking at three different books of the Bible. Judges. Judges is after Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's called the Pentateuch, those first five. Then there's Joshua. Joshua has taken them into the land. Remember, God made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in order to fulfill the covenant, he had to give them land. Now, that land is occupied by people. And the book of Joshua is about taking over the land and expelling those persons that were in the land so that the people of Israel could prosper and raise their families. And so the book of Joshua was very much about that. But what's interesting about it historically is that it was couched in a language that was very spiritual. That is, God fought for them. And their victories and, and their defeats were based on if they honored the Lord and followed the Lord and did what they said, what he said, or they did not. If they did not, they lost battles. And if they obeyed him, they won battles. And the point that I made on this teaching, this word of God teaching is that if you and I will obey the Lord, honor him, listen to him, then we will prosper. Our enemies will be defeated. Now, I can't tell you how all that is going to be played out in your life, but I can tell you that that's a very important biblical principle. And if we do not obey the Lord, and we do not do what he says, then there are going to be consequences and they're going to be significant. So we have the book of Judges, which is about the 12 tribes of Israel being broken up or the land be broken up according to the 12 tribes of Israel, and each of the 12 sons would have an area. And I asked you to look at very closely Judges chapter 2, which explains the whole situation of if we honor the Lord, the Lord raises up judges and blesses us. Judges are basically leaders. And if the leader will follow God and the people will follow the Lord, then God can do great things. But If the people do not follow the Lord and the judge does not follow the Lord and the Lord is not with that person, they will be defeated. We'll come back and look at Judges chapter 6 through Judges chapter 9 in a few minutes. Secondly, we have the book of Acts, and I told you last week we'll be in the book of Acts for some time. We will be in the book of Acts for some time, and we will be looking at Acts chapter 2 through Acts chapter 4. And then the third book is a new book, the book of John. We will be looking at the book of John. Just a fabulous book. I love John. It is my favorite book of the Bible. Of the 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. If you said, Father Reed, what is your favorite book of the Bible? You can only have one book, Gospel of John. Easy answer for me. And so we begin at the famous first chapter, which is called the prologue, chapter 1, 1 through 18 on Monday, August 3rd, and we go through chapter 2. Okay, so let's begin 
with Judges chapter 6, and we that just a, is a basic overview. So again, what you want to do in your reading is you want to read it on a daily basis. So I was reading the lectionary today and try to do that so every day. If I miss a day, I just double up and catch up on the reading before. I don't, so let's say I miss Monday and Tuesday and today is Wednesday. So I read Monday and Tuesday and then I read Wednesday. I don't skip Monday and Tuesday because I missed it and go straight to Wednesday because there is a progression and there's a building up of the books. It's, it's not haphazard in any way. You'll, where one, as you, those of you know, uh, most of the time where one verse ends, it picks up the next day. Now, sometimes in the Old Testament readings, for those of you that have been following me for several weeks, uh, know that uh, the Old Testament's a little bit more eclectic. One of the reasons is there's a lot more verses in the Old Testament. So not every verse is covered, but many, many, many of the verses are covered. So, Judges is the seventh book of the Bible, first five of the Pentateuch, Joshua, and now they're going to live in the land. And again, for those of you scholars and want to make sure you get the best readings from Judges chapter 2, verse 6 to 23 is very, very, very important. Okay, we go to Judges chapter 6, and we have the story of Gideon. It's a wonderful story how God used the least of the least. And in verse 1, and the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the land's hands of the Midianites. There's a perfect example of what I just said. The people did evil. They didn't do what God said. God turned them over to the Midianites. So from an historical perspective, God is dealing with Israel on a spiritual level, not just an historical, societal, socioeconomic level, geographic. It's very much their relationship with God. Okay, and so we have this great chapter, and we have the calling of Gideon. Verse 15, Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Of the 12 tribes, we're the least, and I'm the least in that tribe. How can you possibly use me? Well, obviously, this is an extraordinarily important teaching, how God can use the least of the least. All that person needs to do, all you need to do is obey the Lord. When you obey the Lord, you are going to be blessed. And so what you want to do is read that great sixth chapter of Midian, uh, uh, Gideon defeating the Midianites. I'll get the words out eventually. All right? And so there are many wonderful lessons there, trusting the Lord, depending on the Lord, hearing the word of the Lord, properly discerning the word of the Lord, letting the Lord fight for you, realizing the promises that are available in your relationship with God Almighty, with the Lord, and trusting him to take care of you trusting him that he's going to keep his word, trusting him that he is going to be there for you, okay? Very, very important, wonderful text. Chapter 7 on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, finishes this wonderful story from uh, Gideon, and I love uh, reading it. So chapter 6 and 7, the book of Judges, and we have one that's been raised up, and not not, uh, skilled, not many gifts, Uh, For those of us that are concerned about those things, God's not. 
God can do great things with people that are willing to um, follow the Lord and to do his will and to seek him. But look at verse 33 of chapter 8. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. The Baals were false worship. They set up Baal Berith as their God, and they did not remember the Lord their God, who had rescued them from the hands of their enemies on every side. God had done a great work. The people forgot God. They served other idols. They also failed to show the gratitude to the family of Jerob Baal, that is Gideon, for all the things, good things that he'd done for them. So they became ungrateful. They did not listen to the Lord. They prostituted themselves to the Baals, which means they submitted their will to the Baals, to a false god, and... Uh, then we just have a disastrous situation. And God, who had rescued them, saved them, fought the battle for them, gave them the victory, they turned on the Lord. In chapter 9, uh, which is on a Friday, in Saturday's reading, we have the very famous story of Ambimelech, another judge that God raised up. And I encourage you to read that story. It's another wonderful story of how God, uh, again, uh, through the storytelling form and history, uh, reveals more about himself. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful story. Please look at that very, very carefully. Let's go to the book of Acts. The Gideon story is much more famous than Ambimelech story, but again, I hope that you enjoy those readings as we now go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Now remember, Jesus had resurrected from the dead. He was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God for 40 days. He ascends into heaven. He tells the disciples and 120 gathered to wait in the upper room. And the Spirit of God came at Pentecost, chapter 2. And then Peter stands up and he addresses the crowd. And he shares with them the word of God. And the people said, what shall we do? This is Monday, August the 3rd. What shall we do? Here's the answer. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. What are we going to do? We've heard this message where Peter quotes, this is last week, where Peter quotes several Old Testament scriptures which prophesy about this moment. And we've heard the message. What, do you, what are we supposed to do? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. This promise is for all of us. And so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, verse 42, and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And believe it or not, brothers and sisters, that's what we do today. We have the apostles' teaching. We have the gospel. We have the fellowship of the saints. We have the breaking of bread, Holy Communion, Holy Eucharist, and we pray together. And that hasn't changed in 2,000 years. And so we be- see the beginning of the fellowship of believers, of people coming together in Christ. Now what happens next on Tuesday, Acts chapter 3, we have the healing of a crippled beggar. And it's a beautiful tale of healing, a beautiful instance where Peter says in verse 6, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And then he speaks another word to them. Now, he spoke. He had a beautiful speech in Acts chapter 2. He has another speech. You could study the speeches of, in Acts. They're very wonderful. 
Verse 15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. This is on Wednesday, August the 5th. By faith in the name of Jesus, whom this man, this man whom you see and I know was made strong, it is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to all, to him as you all can see. So we have this dramatic healing of this individual. He's able to walk. Then Peter explains to them that this healing came not by them, but by Jesus Christ. Repent, verse 19. Remember, I just said that in chapter 2. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And then he talks a little bit about Jesus. So what we have here is we have the coming of the Holy Spirit in chapter 2. We have the ascension of Christ in 1. In chapter 2, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit who changes the people gathered in the upper room dramatically. Peter then gives this extraordinary speech. The people ask, what are we going to do? He says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. In chapter 3, he continues his ministry with John, and they, this person walks in the name of Christ, not by their, again, their abilities. At the end of the second half of chapter 3 of Acts, he explains to them how this happened. In Acts chapter 4, he then appears before the Sanhedrin. They came up to Peter while they were speaking, and they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection for the dead. So they didn't like that at all. The Jewish people didn't like that at all. So they seized them, verse 3, and they put them in jail. And then they questioned them. Now Peter responded again another speech. Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today, verse 9, for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and ask how he was healed, you know this, you and everyone else in Israel, it's in the name or by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then one of my favorite verses in the Bible, verse 12. It's a good one to know. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You know how many times you've heard me say you can only be saved in Christ? This is the verse. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to us. It's the name that God Almighty gave us so that we might be saved. So this is the answer to salvation. This is the answer to how you're going to get to heaven. This is the answer about eternal life, Christ. And so that's what we see in Acts, the proclamation of Christ throughout the 28 chapters of the book of Acts. Okay? And we'll be in the book of Acts for some time. When they saw the courage of Peter and John in verse 13, which is on Friday, they took note of these things. They had been with Jesus. And so we finish off on Saturday, 4.32 to 5.11. All the believers were in one heart and mind, verse 32. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was with them all. And then we have the story of Ananias and Sapphira who did not obey the Lord, and the Lord struck both of them down dead over their giving. So this is an extraordinary text about giving, so read that one closely. It's quite profound and quite scary a little bit. It sure got a lot of people's attention. We go now to the beginning of the book of John, which is the fourth book of the New Testament. Matthew's first, Mark, Luke, John. John's very different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. they are patterned after one another. They're very close to each other. There are some significant differences in Luke. There's some significant differences in Matthew. It seems that Matthew and Mark follow 
Matthew and Luke follow Mark, but Luke has his own some of his own theology and and um, and healings and and stories to tell about Jesus, and Matthew does too. But when we get to John, it's a whole new thing, and I could talk about John forever. But I'm just glad that you're going to be reading it over these next several months. And so we have the prologue. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is a creator. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it or understood it. And this man is the Savior of the world, the creator of the world. And in him there is life. Remember, salvation is found in no one else. So there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. John 14, 1, 14, The Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Fabulous verse. So the, who's the Word? The Word is Jesus. So this is about Jesus. And we've seen His glory. He came from the Father. He's full of grace and He's full of truth. And then he talks about John the Baptist, his cousin of six months old, elder, and he talks about the beauty of John. No one has ever seen God, but God, the only Son who is at the Father's side, has made him known. God Almighty has, is made known through Christ. You could read John 1, 1 to 18 your entire life and never completely plumb its depths, but it is a beautiful and powerful text. Please read it often. Then we have the Lamb of God that comes, and we have in, on Tuesday, John 1, 19 to 28, the response of John the Baptist. Look, the Lamb of God who's coming into the world on um, Wednesday, the Lamb of God, the Holy Spirit comes on him. I can see and testify this is the Son of God. The first chapter is fairly long, and so we cover it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The calling of the disciples on Thursday, Jesus leaves Galilee, he finds Philip, follow me. Nathanael comes and follows him. And Nathanael later declares in verse 49, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Jesus says in verse 50, very powerful, you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. I tell you the truth, you shall see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So that great first chapter, we have the prologue, we have John the Baptist seeing the power of God and testifying that to us. We have the calling of the first disciples. Look, the Lamb of God. What do you want? Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. I love that phrase. Come and see. Come and see Jesus. And so on Friday and Saturday, we look at chapter 2. The first part is the changing of water into wine. A lot of, of you know that one very well. Here's what I love about that. I love what Mary says. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. You know what? You could get down your theology and mine down to do whatever he tells you. God said it really well also, very simply, very clearly on the Mount of Transfiguration. Listen to him. Listen to what he says. Do whatever he tells you. He clears the temple in the second part of chapter 2. And that's a very famous line. And I love the last verse, so please read that. Verse 25, he did not need man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in a man. So Jesus is coming to bring a message. He's coming to bring a message of healing and of hope, of the gospel, of salvation in him. He's coming to share the message. And so we have these great books. We have Acts, 
where the beginning of the church, with the beginning of the church after Jesus ascends in chapter 1, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and then the work begins in chapter 2. I'm sorry, three. well, actually, there's some work done in 2. The church comes together. And then we see the healing in 3, and then beginning to share the gospel in chapters 4 and following. Of course, the gospel of John, this beautiful message. And then all the way back to Judges, as God puts them in the land, and then they deal with different things. And so when you're reading Judges, think about how God is speaking to you in that great message from Judges. Lord God, bless your people today. Bless their Bible reading. Bless their study. Show them, show me, show us the importance of the Word of God and the proper understanding of it. Thank you for the journey that all these wonderful people are on to read the Bible, to listen to what you have to say to them. May the Holy Spirit speak clearly to them, and may the words jump off the page and come alive in their hearts and souls. And may they feel, may they feel the power of God and begin to learn the Scriptures well so that the Scriptures may be a place where they meet Christ in a very real, powerful way as the Word of God is the Word made flesh. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Looking forward to being with you next week. Have a great week of Bible study and prayer. God bless you.